Welcome to Show Us Your Bits podcast. It's season three. This is the podcast about the stories behind the jewellery and the keepsakes we love. Each week we talk to storytellers, makers, artists, founders and entrepreneurs about their most loved treasures. I'm Alice Rivers-Cripps, the founder and creative director of Posh Totti Designs, the original hand-stamped jewellery company, and we're celebrating our 20th year this year. Oh, Alice, that's great. And I'm Josie Lloyd, an author of novels like The Cancer Ladies Running Club and Life Saving for Beginners, as well as parodies and screenplays. But most of all, Alice, I love a good natter. So do have a listen and please do like, rate, review and share with your friends. And please get in touch with us on Instagram or Facebook at Show Us Your Bits Podcast if you have an interesting piece of jewellery or an anecdote you'd like to share. Let's get on with the show! All right, Alice, how's it going? It's good. I uh, have just had a rather embarrassing moment. Why? What happened? So I... (laughs) (laughs) brace yourself uh yeah so i was at work this morning yeah and i um got a phone call yeah um from the neighbor across the road who said her water had stopped oh no and could she possibly use my shower because her daughter was covered in fake tan (laughs) and couldn't wash it off and I obviously <laughs> said, was the door yes. darker and darker? Darker and darker. <laughs> and I obviously said, yes, of yeah. course, no problem. Yeah. Because it would be rude not to. Um, so I uh, gave her the code for the house. That was all good. But when I got home today, just before this, um, I noticed that my pants were on the floor. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's always a bit so, yeah. embarrassing. Well, I didn't expect anyone to come in. Anyway, I'm sure she would be fine and she might not have noticed. But, you know... It she wasn't my noticed. proudest moment, she let's just noticed. say that. But I actually do think that it's a true sign of friendship if you can go into somebody else's house because it's that whole thing about clearing up, isn't it, before somebody oh else comes out. So we had somebody coming around the other day and I, was, so we, and I said, right, we have to clean the house. So we did, Emlyn, actually, to be fair, is incredibly good at vacuum cleaning. I'll tell you, I've got a funny vacuum cleaning story in a second. I'll tell you so. Uh, but anyway, so he's very good at vacuum cleaning, so he does clean the house. But it's that whole thing of like, not wanting to be seen in your slovenly ways by somebody or coming into the kitchen. And this morning, talking of water, the water man came in because he's testing the pipes from Southern Water to check we're not dying of lead poisoning. Probably are. But anyway, because uh, all the the pipes are so old. So he came in to test the water. We had big notices on our taps this morning. Do not use the tap. Don't use the tap because you have to do it when it's been sitting in the pipes overnight. And my kitchen was a complete state oh my god you couldn't <laughs> and, wash I just, and then I just realized that we'd left last we came in really late last night from something and and we'd left sort of like the snaffling curry we had at midnight in the sink <laughs> which is like really that revolting gonna love I that. know it's so um, embarrassing to be fair though it's a sign that we have a very strong friendship because you came in and there was still a little bit of last night's stew on the side and there's crumbs i can see crumbs i can That's see right. bread i don't mind sitting crumbs. in the crumbs you know it's you have to move the crumbs off the sofa well you're, getting, you you're getting the puppy so, soon yeah. so 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 soon your beautiful be house alice is going to be completely trashed and i have to warn or you the other way around i'm thinking that all the crumbs i drop will, oh, will be, be licked up yeah. maybe that I mean, that's true but 
Do be warned because puppies have accidents. And my friend Kirsty, I saw her yesterday, and she'd come to this funeral that I was at. And she said, I've got to go because I've had a terrible accident. I what, said, what's, terrible I said, what's happened? She said, I've got this Hoover, an automatic Hoover that goes around my house. And it's the best thing that ever happened to me because it, it gets all the dog hair up and it's wonderful. And I come back and all the floors are clean. But what happened is her dog had had a little accident on the floor and the Hoover had sucked it up and smeared it around <laughs> <laughs> I got there before you said it. I was like, no, the image yeah, in my so head. You, so you be careful of that automatic vac oh, that I've seen you've got around here. Yes, and I have. The, and the I have, food. and I found that on a skip. <laughs> you mean skip diving again? I've been skip diving. I'm, I'm a skip monkey is what I used to be known as. Um, but yeah, no. Ah, okay. Um, but also on that note though, can I just say that it's funny because this this month I've been eating these incredible truffles, the Bojangles oh, well, truffles. They're absolutely amazing. And I've been having one a day and I've been putting it in my pocket. And on my way to work yesterday, I put my hand in and I and it had melted in my in my pocket. <laughs> and I pulled out like brown fingers and and <laughs> And my husband went, oh, oh, thank God we haven't got the puppy yet. And I was like, <laughs> you know, like the bat. Like, pu- I'm not going to be used to these, these no, bags. No, and don't miss... Don't ever put one in your pocket. Okay, don't put a poo bag in your pocket, especially with anything in it. And don't mistake it for a brojangles truffle. It's, anyway, on to serious matters. Uh, we have, excitingly, I'm very excited about our guest because I'm a bit of a fangirl. Oh my God, I am mega. Brace yourselves because we have the most amazing guest this week. Podcast royalty. Been there, done that, got the podcast. Uh, The very fabulous Marianne Jones, who I got in touch with because she uh, wrote a fabulous piece about Mallorca and Alaro, the place where she goes on holiday, where I also have a holiday home. So we knew all the same people. And I was like, my Eminem spotted it and went, oh my goodness, she's talking about Grumpy Miguel in the square. In her in her Isn't article, so yes, but I am delighted because we want to be new friends, don't we? Yes, anyway, we do. We do. Anyway, we do. here she is, wonderful. our lovely new friend, uh, Marianne Jones. There may be a difference in the sound quality because we did this one on, on Zoom. Zoom. Thank you ever so much for taking the time to come and join us on our podcast. We are super fan girls of yeah, your absolutely. podcast, and, um, and your singing as well. Yeah. Loved your singing this week. <laughs> Oh my God, that descended <laughs> into absolute farce. It was meant to be sad and meaningful, and it and it all and it all went wrong. But bizarrely, went right because everybody just loved it. It's so really, it was really one of those really things, fun. isn't it? And, uh, and also, the, some of the songs you were naming, I was like, yes, good choice. Yeah, and some of the films as well. So yeah, it was good. To clarify, we're talking about the number one podcast, Been There, Done That, Got the Podcast, which Marianne, you set up, is it about 18 months ago? It's- so we started, oh God, we started it mm, not quite 18 months ago now. What happened was, um, so it's me and Kat Farmer, who's who's a, a stylist and and quite a major um influencer midfluencer as some Midfluence, people okay that. yeah because she's obviously she's just kind of top of the tree of the kind of midlife influencers so we're mates so we both lived in um lived in in well I still live in seven oaks so I used to just meet her on the kind of school mom circuit because our kids went went to the same school and when I first moved to seven oaks I'd been in London for years I, I was I was I was kicking and screaming coming here so my husband wanted to move somewhere sensible <laughs> yeah it's all very jewels you know what to me yeah yeah, it's very cool. yeah yeah she always says it's a bit of a gilet with a fun lining you know that's yeah that's, that's. <laughs> and um and so when when we came from london i was like oh what the hell 
hell am I doing here? You know, it's a bit all a bit Chino and Dexu for me. So <laughs> I met her and I was like, oh, Don, she's got my coat on. And so we bonded over, I think it was a Philip Lim coatigan. And um, <laughs> and we and we became friends and she lived around the corner from me. Turns out at the time she was a, a full time mom turned her hand to blogging which I didn't even know what that was at the time we're talking years ago so we met and we bonded and years later of course fast forward over a decade and she's kind of this huge influencer um I interviewed her on the stage for her her book she, she had a style book out called get change give her a bit of a plug and um I I interviewed her on stage and as we walked off her her then agent said Do you know what have you ever thought about doing a podcast because we had such a laugh on stage it was um it had that venue had to be made bigger because she's so popular and there were 250 women sitting there having a right laugh there was a bit of wine going on (laughs) and the podcast was born from that and in and in my shed and it and yeah things just went no we didn't have a clue what we were doing I mean I don't know what you're you're both like but we did well, the same. We we started and just uh, just Absolutely did it. No clue. No clue. Yeah. But um, we just thought we'd give it up. We're the same. We were mate, mates from the school gates. And, yeah, exactly. Totally and, the same. And uh, you know, I run a business um, making jewelry. So I have been done, doing that for twenty years. And and Joe's an author. And the kind of basically the two of us would meet at the school gates, be chat, 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 and then we'd be like, "Wouldn't it be amazing?" And then it's kind of and then it's happened, and we're just doing it. So we're, and we're very... just learning on the job. <laughs> very <laughs> we both bond over your jewel over jewel then yeah and dry january though so i've not been talking to her this month i know but i have uh, i have finished i finished on sunday early yeah, but God. i couldn't take it any longer so it's... i just think out of every month of the year january is the one you need to drink yeah. yeah but it's also the one you don't leave the house like you end up i mean i was like hibernating and i thought god there's no one around me to give me peer pressure apart from this one so I was kind of felt like I should be able to kind of do it. And I actually really enjoyed it. Apart from I then got to Sunday. I managed to get through Saturday night. managed to get through thri- Friday night, went out to the pub, got through Friday night drinking a pint of non-alcoholic beer and then got to a Sunday. And I was like, I'm, I'm over it now. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I woke up with what felt like a hangover. And I was like, if I feel like I've got a hangover and I'm not drinking, drink. I might as well have one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Marianne, talk us back to before the phenomenal success of the podcast. And what were you doing? Tell our listeners what you were doing before the podcast, because you've had a very interesting career. Well, oh, I suppose um, before the podcast, I was I was busy having um having a burnout. Um, but I've had a I've had a very long career in journalism. I mean, I kind of started, as you'll tell by my accent, I'm a northerner. And I suppose from the age of 14, I I, I remember writing to the Daily Mirror and saying, I I want to work for you, you know, when it was just just a huge industry, local journalism and newspaper journalism, magazine journalism. And I just knew that's what I wanted to do. So I started off in, um, I I just knocked on the door of my local paper, which was the St. Helens Star because Prescott's next to St. Helens. And um, and they just kind of took me on from the wow. age of, of, it wasn't 14, <laughs> that would have been child labour, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> but it, I, but um, I got to know them from about 17 onwards and they did used to just slip a bit of money in a brown envelope and they'd just get me to, you know, type things up and stuff. And so f- from there, I just, I just realised that's what I wanted to do. 
And so I went through a very old fashioned route of journalism, which was um, <clears throat> via local newspapers. And I climbed, sort of climbed my way up, um, went to, got to Leicester Mercury, which was a, hu a huge Northcliffe title at the time. Mm -hmm. I, um, I, I went to Gloucester Citizen and missed the story of the century by a week. I literally live around the corner from Fred West and was on the local newspaper when all this was happening. I left, I started Woman Magazine and then my mates were like, have you just seen the story that you missed? Literally. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So um, I started a, a Woman um, Magazine in the nine in the early nineties, and then from then, I've I mean I've just kind of tramped it around. Really, I went to Marie Claire. I was on Marie Claire for for a couple of years as features editor. Then I my first editorship was with More Magazine. Don't know if oh, you remember. Wow, I loved, loved it. Position of the month or oh, position of the week. <laughs> position of the fortnight. Position of what? <laughs> I know. And I used was, to think I was, was learning something. It was like it was such a huge magazine. It was mm -hmm. it was during that time in magazines that was kind of the ladette culture. It's a word I hate, but it was it was that kind of you know we're taking bringing our sexuality back and we're going to be really out there. It was at the time as well we're loaded. You know the lads mags were huge, and when there was at Marie Claire, we actually shared we actually shared a, a building with loading. I won't tell you the sorts of things we used to trip over oh. on the stairs going up to our fragrant Marie Claire offices. But I um, you write a few books about that though. <laughs> why, oh. we, I remember it from the days when Come Together came out with Emily and I wrote the book Come Together. And I remember there was loads of stuff in Loaded and loads of stuff in um, Cosmopolitan. And somebody reenacted the sex scenes in our book. And then a reader wrote in and said they really cricked their neck on the stairs. They a compo from me for that. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was quite a culture then, wasn't it? Oh my god, it was mad. It was absolutely mad. And if I'm honest, it wasn't really quite me. I'm quite naturally quite prudish. So I'm like, what the hell am I doing it? But it was a really good to kind of cut your teeth on a, a young editorship. And it was quite crazy, crazy times. Eventually I got to the Daily Mirror, which was always always my dream as a as a young kid. And I, I launched a magazine for them called M. And um, that was crazy and great. And it was at the time where Piers Morgan was editor. We all strode in, kind of magazine types, into this very testosterone fueled, you know, building. It was on Canary Wharf. It's on the, one of the first things in Canary Wharf when there was just the one building and it and it was absolute it it was mad and there was money to be spent and we got I remember I think we were the first in the office to get new Apple computers and oh, Piers God. absolutely loved it and he'd sort of you know try and get a bit of rivalry between us and you know the show showbiz and news desks who were still clonking away on their old whatever they were Typewriters, <laughs> um, and so that was really amazing experience as well. I mean, I eventually ended up launching Grazia in the UK. I was on Grazia for twelve years. Oh wow! They were the fun years. Grazia was the last magazine to be properly invested in. I think it was something like a six million pound investment. It was like ridiculous. We had. We had all of this resource and money and staff. You know, we had PAs. No one it's has so a different. 
it was so different to any other magazine at the time when it first launched. I remember yeah. being like, oh, I, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, you know, initially I was like, it's very different. But, you know, now I love it. We were under a lot of pressure because we were told that is not going to work. There is no weekly glossy in the UK. Grazia is originally Italian, obviously. So we, we kind of took the template from them and, and made it ours. And everybody, the naysayers, are like, well, it's the biggest waste of money. No one will get their head round. No woman will get her head round a weekly glossy. It's monthly. You cannot blend news with shoes, which is what we did. Yeah, and it's still going, you know, 10 hot and always really proud of, of that mag and had a lot of fun putting it together. I think when we started, we had someone from the news of the world and someone from Vogue. I mean, we had all these eclectic mix of women. It was probably 90% women. And we were expecting possibly an explosion or an implosion. But actually what happened was everybody just worked together brilliantly and it worked and it's still working. So journalism is a very different place now from when you started. Are you sad about that? Well, how do you feel? Personally, I am. I mean, you have to look on the bright side. I mean, I was lucky. I, I got asked to go to, this isn't going either now, but I edited Stella magazine on the Sunday Telegraph and that, the ones that were surviving were the ones in the broadsheet newspapers, mm-hmm. which are still surviving to this day, except Stella isn't. And then I went on to the Telegraph magazine, which was the Saturday with um, the Telegraph. That's still going. But honestly, even when I was there, I think the day I started, it was kind of, OK, so we're losing we're losing the glossy pages inside. We're cutting it down to this size. We're just, you know. I felt like I was going to be left with a post-it note at the end of the day because online had just taken over. So I think it's good and bad. I mean, I don't. the podcast wouldn't have happened in my life. If you're looking at it from a, a democratic point of view, anyone can do a podcast now. Anyone can go on Substack. I think what's lovely is all these voices out. And actually, one of the things that's so refreshing about your podcast is that as middle-aged women, we get completely bombarded with kind of menopause messages, which have which have become completely ubiquitous everywhere. Everybody's talking about bit life challenges for women. And what you bring is the humor and kind of the way we all love to natter and kind of talk about a subject and then uh and then just natural way about it. Um and I think that's what's so lovely and why people have responded so well to your podcast is because it's not doom and gloom and women have problems. You know, I think it's really important. I think there's still a real woman problem out there and how to perceive particularly the midlife demographic. It really is something that people need to to, to wake up um, and shake themselves about, especially marketers and advertisers, because we are absolute sitting ducks for them if they get the messaging right. I used to sort of go out to, to um, advertisers when I was at Stella, which I was trying to, which I, I reinvented it for with a positive midlife female spin. I said, you all here in your 20s and 30s perceive me and people like me as kind of shuffling off into the distance in a wide fitting shoe and an elasticated waist. That's not who we are. Yeah. All of these magazines were amazing. I used to read like You Magazine, Stella, ES, all of these were fabulous. But again, you'd re- get to the back and you're totally right. It was like the crimpoline trousers, yeah. 
and it's like you know the purple print uh, purple rinse brigade it's just yeah it was so yeah. wrong yeah and even even those people of that demographic aren't like that it's like wake up why have you not woken up you know a lot of them have semi-woken up and they've put us into one thing and that one whole homogenized bracket is the menopause we've discovered the menopause now i'm thrilled that that the menopause is is having its time in the sun and we're actually talking about it and it's out there and you know i went into my my hairdressers the other day and someone's yeah, openly talking about about how how she felt you know in the in the middle of the hairdresser and everybody's checking in and that's that's brilliant that's how it should be but it's not the only thing that we are just yeah. like we weren't just periods you know? <laughs> <laughs> You know, and this whole branding of us by one thing, and usually about our hormones, really annoys me. It's like, you know what? We drink, we have a right laugh, we watch telly, we buy great clothes. We are the ones with the money. We are the decision makers and the ones with the money in our bracket. So they really need to listen to us. Yeah, we are that very, you know, desirable filling in the sandwich because we're, we're, we're holding the parents up. We're holding the grown-up kids up even, aren't we? And I wish we were listened to properly and catered for properly, but I think we've still got a long way to go. But you are bringing the glamour, I have to say, Marianne, because yes. you, you are trailblazing and not talking about the menopause and just having a right old laugh with lovely cat and and bringing all this fun to the table tell us about how you are with your jewelry because obviously this is showish a bit and i know that you love a little bit of bling so um what's your relationship with jewelry like i suppose since since i was a kid really we love jewelry and, and actually i've gone more subtle as i've got older bizarrely i need to go back to it being like when I was when I was younger, it'd be like the big old Bet Lynch rocks on my on my ears, you know, pulling pulling down the lobes to my shoulder blades. I kind of I kind of grew out of that a bit. I don't think my ears have ever recovered. I have <laughs> got two. I have got three piercings. The third one's closed, and I need to get that reopened. But I, I've I've always 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 been a magpie. For jewelry, I guess the, the first serious love affair with a jeweler was was with Tiffany when oh, I was yeah. Marie Claire, and it was that nineties era when Elsa Peretti and do you remember like the coffee beans and yeah, you know, you'd yeah. really judge somebody by have they bought the coffee bean or have they got the heart? And I always used to think the coffee bean was a bit common, so I always wanted the heart. On my wedding day, my husband surprised me with. Heart, the heart, Elsa Peretti, Tiffany heart earrings and a, and a necklace that I wore on my wedding day. But even in, instead of an engagement ring, because we didn't have any money, we bought the Elsa Peretti kind of it, a chunky, can't remember what it's called now, but it was silver. You could get silver back then at Tiffany and it was much, much, much cheaper. It seems to have gone over to gold and platinum now. And it was just a chunky kind of ring with kind of three circles and we bought each other these as almost semi-engagement rings and I think they were 40 quid and I oh, still oh, that's so lovely they're promise rings is what they're called so what they're called? yeah it's it's a it's a lovely idea the concept of giving somebody your partner 
a ring that basically says, you know, you're mine, but it's before you kind of get engaged and have that formal kind of thing. So you have that promise ring. It's, it's, it's centuries old, but I think it's starting to come yeah. back. I love the concept. Well, I've kept mine and I, I kind of wear it now and then. My wedding, my engagement ring that I got 10 years after we were married, we went on holiday for our anniversary and we went we went to Kerala and on a rice on a on a rice boat which is where he proposed to me uh, 10 years mm-hmm. earlier and he surprised me with um with a Tiffany engagement ring because uh, I just oh. played a plain Tiffany wedding band for years and years so I do have quite a love of, with Tiffany oh and then when Joe my eldest who's now 23 and actually has gone into the jewelry trade amazing um, I was just hearing. So tell, tell us more. So when he was born, I got a little Tiffany, you know, one of those floating solitaire diamonds, I guess, again, by Elsa Peretti. It's that tiny. But um, it's the thought that counts, isn't it? So Joe, my eldest, well, he, he has quite severe, severe dyslexia and ADHD. So he didn't want to go down the academic route. It just wasn't for him. And we always knew he was creative. We was like drawing little things or making little cartoons and, and little little films. But we didn't know what he was going to go into, you know, and it kind of slightly worried us for, for a few years. And he, he ended up for a few years um, working in an M&S menswear department. So he's very into his fashion, very into his hair and, and how he looks. And then he started looking at these YouTube videos and there was a guy who Joe would say, oh God, he's he's dyslexic and ADHD like me. And he was this huge jeweler. And Joe really got into looking at him making these designs. It just sparked this whole interest in jewellery. And then um, a couple of years back, he said to, to me and my husband, he went, I've got something to tell you. I thought, is it coming in? Yeah. What would you tell us? <laughs> And he said, I want to do jewellery. I want to go into jewellery. I love jewellery. It's what I want to do. It's my passion. And we were like, well, we'll go and do it then. So he did. It was such a relief to know that he'd found his thing. As I think a lot of parents will tell you if their kid's neurodiverse, you you worry yourself sick about, you know, what are they, they, what's going to be their thing? A lot of them don't go down the kind of traditional path. So... Um, he he trained at Hatton Hatton Garden. He did um he did a kind of cor- a course there, and then and and my husband's family are f- from Birmingham. We were like, well, you know what? The biggest jewelry quarter is in the most ancient is is in Birmingham. It's it's trendy. It's huge. Why don't you get this down there? So he's he's now he's now working for. I think it's I think it's the oldest, if if not one of the oldest, family run businesses in in. The world it's what are they a, called they're called um deacon and francis yeah i know yeah and he he works for them now and and he really loves it but you know the most beautiful piece of jewelry i've got the most cherished is is my, my mum's maltese and very close to my boys i've got another boy who's 20 danny so i've got joe and dan my mom maria for her 80th birthday she's eight she's 82 now when she was 80 joe sourced and and made this beautiful oh wow look at that that is beautiful 
describe it for our listeners. Yeah, is it solid? It's a gold Maltese cross with a ruby. Oh my gosh, wow. beautiful. So it's absolutely exquisite. And my mum's worn it every day ever since. My mum's in the kind of last stages of dementia. And um, I've got it now just sort of for safekeeping. She's in a home. But you know what? I just said to Joe, I'm I'm going to keep that and wear it. And then when you settle down, we'll, we'll give it to who, you know, who your loved one will be. And it's also a really stunning piece. Like you could wear that. I mean, it's it's a wearable, gorgeous you know, piece. ages. I mean, my mum's birthday was in the April. <laughs> she didn't get it on the day. I said, Joe, where is this flipping thing? And he <laughs> had to source the right gold. You had to get the right price. You had to get the right person to do it. Source the ruby, which is kind of, it's coming to play with his skills now because that's what he does for this company, kind of sources everything. But she got it in the end. She just couldn't believe it. So, yeah, so jewellery now is kind of in, in the family. And how lovely that you've got a beautiful piece with such a meaningful story to pass on to somebody in the next generation. I mean, we've said to both boys, you know, matters in life, you spend most of your time at work. So what really, really matters, A, your relationship works, you spend an awful lot of time in your relationship. But B, kind of a close second, really, is your work. You know, if you're doing that, I mean, I was doing my work for at least nine hours a day possibly mostly more your love affair has to be with your work and you do, you do that you don't have to go the route that a lot of other kids in in seven oaks and, and london are doing you do not have to go down that university route you you do you what's on the cards now for you for 2024 because we're recording this in january but um have you got any nuggets of advice going through for the year that you could share so i think for, for 2024 concentrating um a little bit more on 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 the podcast i'm i'm writing quite a lot i still write for quite a few of of, uh, the nationals i do editorial consultancy for brands which is is really nice and it's it's not the sort of thing I've, i've done in the past so i guess it's just really you know seeing what's out there which is is the beauty of kind of journalism imploding the upside of that is there's so many other things out there that 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 you can do Uh, and as a journalist you know your main quality obviously and you are showing this in abundance is curiosity you know and and staying curious about the world is something that really keeps you young right that's right isn't it I mean it doesn't go um asking questions asking the right questions Maybe you know. I think if you've always if if you've always been a journalist, you you're you're always going to have that kind of discipline of knowing what what question to ask, what you want to, to elicit from that. And I think it's different from simply just being I don't know just anyone anyone maybe out there that wants to you know wants to launch their own channel, whether that be um, on on Instagram or any other platform. I think you do have to have the discipline, the curiosity. The, li- the listening to the answer in order for you to ask your your next question that's the other thing I, I i enjoy doing is is kind of mediating um interviewing on on stage i find that terrifying and fun in, in equal measure um and i love re- a reading so we I, I'm, I'm involved in a local literary festival and we get some great names 
um, interviewed Bonnie Garmus, Lessons in Chemistry. Oh, great, yeah. Well, count me in. I've got a book out in October. So let me know if you want something um, in. To the Seven Oaks Literary Festival. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Get on that stage with me and we'll have a laugh. Thank you so much for joining us today, Marianne Jones. And You're very welcome. Can I just say your podcast is is brilliant. I was lis- I was listening to the one last night with with Yvonne, whose story is amazing, and and it's and it's brilliant. And show us your bits. It's inspired. It's inspired title too. <laughs> but um, we hope to see you around and uh, meet you in real life. And yeah, that would be great. That would be and great. Thank you for asking me. Oh, lovely to be. Have a wonderful day. Thank you very much. loved our chat she was what? lovely and i'm a little bit in love oh i know isn't she cool have, could yeah. she be our friend she can be our podcast friend i would love her to be my podcast friend she's incredible though what a, what a career i know Amazing. and you know what i'm she she was talking about her tiffany necklaces and she had i always wanted a tiffany bean my sister my sister-in-law had a tiffany bean and i was always quite jealous i wanted to have a tiffany bean marianne said that they were quite <laughs> common a bit more common than the heart but I always still wanted a Tiffany I, bean. I um, actually have the heart. Do you? So, yes, I So do. your posh I was, was I yes. aspired to the bean, which I never got. There we are. No, you see? <laughs> and that's enough of that. <laughs> that's enough of that. <laughs> We're saying nothing. We're saying, but yes, very inspiring about finding your thing and doing, and, you know, changing, changing things up and doing lots of different stuff. I'm going to, I mean, I'm very excited uh, by her podcast. I and feel like said, the world's your oyster. And I feel like if you can make it work, somehow then you should yeah, go yeah do it, it. but and what an inspiration kind of, yeah she well, was really inspirational yeah really yeah. inspirational well thank you for listening listeners um uh, it's very very lovely to have you along uh we will see you next time but until yes. then please do like rate review and share and do join please us share with all your friends well share with all your friends and do join us instagram and facebook at show she podcast and we will see you next time Woo. till then ta-ra ta-ra